0: Hey everybody, I'm Justin and my partner Mike Valenzano, and you're listening to the Valenzano Zone podcast, presented by buddyfroshop.com. On this episode, we're back for part two, asking the question, should regional players be eligible for the PBA Hall of Fame? We are joined by Hall of Famer Walter Ray Williams Jr. and Steve Jaros. We stream all of our content live on YouTube, where you can find our upcoming shows and our new time on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to see all that BuddiesProShop.com has to offer, head over to their website and use coupon code ZONE5OFF to save 5% off your next order. Some manufacturer restrictions may apply. Be sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Bone and Zone so you never miss an update from the crew. Now, let's get into our ninth episode of Season 2, Regional Players in the Hall of Fame, Part 2. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bone and Zono Zone podcast presented by BuddiesProShop.com. Mike, we're back for Part 2. Of Part the two. the the great debate that we're having on our show,
1: yeah, this has been a good discussion for the past month or so now, and it's drawn a lot of um, traffic, I guess you want to call it in the yeah. in the Facebook world and the internet.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's such a uh, an interesting topic, especially from sport to sport.
1: Yeah, um, and it, it it raises a lot of questions and a lot of why this and why that and what if. So, I think tonight. Uh, with our guest uh, we will put it to bed maybe and we also have a special guest too that we have not disclosed
0: yeah so before we get into that i actually want to share a quick photo um an update from Howell lanes
1: oh yes the bone elite training
0: center yeah so bones elite training and Revrates vip entertainment if you guys haven't heard about it yet uh go check out reverates.vip for more information you guys can subscribe to it um, basically going to be a VIP entertainment space and a high-level training center all at the same time. So here's an update from construction of what is now Lanes 1 through 5 um, at Howell Lanes and what's going to be Rev Rates and Bones Elite Training.
1: It's looking good. It's come a long way. And uh, yeah. we're looking forward to the finished product.
0: Yeah, as you can see, uh, some outline is up for the wall already. Um, the, the famous carpet wall of Howell Lanes is already down on the low end. Uh, masking units are gone, machines are being torn apart, cardboard on the lanes, got to gotta preserve those the right way. Yep. Um, so it's uh, pretty exciting stuff as I'm continuing to see the pictures day and day. It's, yeah. uh, the, the progress is unreal. I was so, there last
1: night. It's looking good. So it, it's come a long way and it's about time that it's getting completed.
0: Yeah. So if you guys want to follow along with that, you guys can check out RevRates.VIP or RevRates VIP Entertainment on Facebook. Or Instagram or Bonesley Training on Facebook or Instagram. Go check it out. Um, you guys can stay tuned with all the construction updates. We're looking to come out with that towards the end of the spring. That'll be all opened up.
1: Got it. So I, think I don't without know.
0: Further ado, you should give your your <sighs> famous Mike I Val introductions. Don't,
1: I don't know how to introduce this one. I I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing the man hasn't done. Um, I I truly don't know what else to say but the greatest, but I do have one question for him. And this is something, Justin, that I've never asked anybody. So I'd like to bring on the greatest that I've ever seen, Walter Ray Williams.
2: Hello, Walter Ray. Ray. I
1: I don't know how to, I don't know how to introduce you the right way. So I'm just going to say the greatest, (laughs) but I do have one question. I want to put this to bed right now. Who's your favorite character on Ozark?
3: That's an interesting question. I've actually watched this, show. My, my wife is seriously into it. Um, what I'm amazed is for those of you who've never watched it, I'm amazed that every episode they managed to survive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it's like, "Yeah, they're you know, yeah, they're not making it. They're you know, no. they, they they managed to sneak through. Um, of course, some people, some characters do get snuffed off, but." Uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy the show, though. I, it,
1: I, I, I'm not. I, I don't really have a favorite character. So, do you like Ruth? Are we a Ruth fan? I like Ruth. I, I like Ruth. My, my wife really likes Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show, and Justin, I had to go there. So, um, you, well, wait, the, I'm glad so, you
0: knew where you were going because I had no idea where you were going with your, your question. So,
1: well, no, I'm, I'm never going to cross the line, but I didn't want to give a bowling well, question right not? off the bat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't know a question you were asking, so I was like, oh,
0: I wonder what he's going to ask him.
1: A, a, little, a little birdie told me that he watches the show that I like, and I wanted to see who his favorite character was. Okay. Yeah. And and have you completed the first part of season four? Uh, Yeah, so we, we watched it in like two days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did too. <laughs> we did too. <laughs> so, Justin, we do have a surprise. Since we're going to go now, we'll go back on the bowling topic. Yeah. So, this whole episode is basically geared toward the Hall of Fame and our discussion that we had. And Walter Ray kind of chimed in a couple of weeks ago on his views of the Hall of Fame. And we have another guest that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. So why don't you take over now, Mr. Bone?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of been talking about what is basically enough to throw you over that to be eligible um, for the Hall of Fame. And we've we've talked about a couple of guys, but we've actually talked about uh, one of the guys in particular that we have on tonight. Mike, thank you for that. (laughs) Um, We've talked about him more than once um, in our debate, and he's probably, from what we've come across, the closest guy to being thrown over that line. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce Steve Jaros. Steve.
2: Steve.
1: How you doing, guys? Walter,
2: Justin, Mike, how you doing, guys? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing all right.
3: You staying warm up there? Of course, you guys are all up in the north. It was cold down here. It was like only 50 degrees down here. So I can't imagine what you guys are dealing with.
2: Well, we just, we're used to it. We just have to shovel the stuff. You guys have to dodge all the iguanas that are falling out of the trees. So that's <laughs> they're different. way
3: south. They're not up where I'm at. <laughs> but, but I wish yeah, I was yeah, down there. It's a lot know, warmer it, down there.
2: It's been sunny in like uh, 35, 38. So it's almost golf weather up here. Oh my God. That's way too <laughs> yeah, it cold. Was, it was
0: almost 60 here today in Kansas. Oh. Uh, Wow, it's always warmer it, there than it is here. <laughs> Must yeah, be
3: nice, Justin. The next couple of days is going to warm up down here. So, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah we we had a uh, we had six inches of snow on Wednesday. So
1: <laughs> we got we got it a foot and a half last That's weekend. Nothing, yeah, Sweet. <laughs> and it, and it's gone now. So
0: yeah,
1: I'm yeah. you heard from mom. It's it's, it's all gone up here. That's nuts. It is. Nuts. So, how do you want to start this, Justin? Do You want to recap really quick the Open from this weekend? We'll do like yeah, a little five I, minute segment on the U.S. Open.
0: Yeah, I think we'll kind of give a, a quick little recap of what's happened in the last couple of weeks in the bowling world. Uh, Belmo wins his 14th major at the Players, and Anthony Simonsen becomes the youngest player ever to win three majors at what 24, 25?
1: Yeah, I think
3: it's 22. Yeah. yeah, before I before I won my first title.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, I, I the younger players. You know, of course, back then, you know, we had 30 plus tournaments on tour and I was on tour for three full years before I won a tournament. So it was a I don't know the, the number, but it was about my hundred tournament that I won my very first title. And guys are like, what? You know, it's like, wow, you got so many titles. But, you know, we we bowled a lot of tournaments back then. But there was also, you know, it, it's it was different. And, you know, it took a while. And I didn't I didn't bowl collegiately i just bowled locally and i started bowling regionals and local tournaments and stuff and and when i went on tour i was a decent bowler but i i knew i wasn't the best bowler in southern california which is where i was living at the time and you know but i knew i was a decent bowler and fortunately i made more money than i spent my first couple years on tour but it took me a little while to learn to bowl better and then you know finally had a breakout year and managed to win titles and player of the year but yeah, it's amazing that uh, you know Jason's won fourteen, <laughs> four, 14 have majors. Re- I mean, that's just that's kind of on the ridiculous side. Man. And you know, and Anthony's right there, you know, he's he's got three already
1: and he's not even twenty-six. Did, right. did does, does he have more majors than regular than standard titles, Justin? Yes. Jason does, yes. Wow. Yes. Which is which
3: he- is also another but the other part of that is they don't have as many tournaments as they used to i mean now they've got like i don't know 16 or 18 and that's including all the smaller tournaments that jason doesn't participate in you know so because he's he goes home to australia they made a big deal about him not bowling tournaments last summer and you know they said it was because of covid and i think that was only a small part of it i think his wife was having their fourth child and you know he's he's got a family and he loves his family and it's really hard traveling away from your family. Steve Steve knows that. Um, you know I I never had to deal with that while I was traveling on tour. So um, you know, but it's definitely and, and not to mention it's just a huge you know trip a, across that big old huge pond. Um, you know, and it's and it's like you just don't see your family for a long time. Where, where if we live here in the states, we at least go home. You know, a week, every couple of weeks or something like that, they see your family and stuff. Or maybe they might travel with you or whatever. And it's totally different situation with Jason. And, you know, I think, um, you know, so he doesn't bowl every single tournament. You know, if he right. bowled every single tournament, I'm sure he'd have a few more titles. Just guessing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I did see something before Simo won the, the Open. That in a stretch of time from like 2013 to now, um, <clears throat> Belmode won like 13 or 14 majors. So I think his first one came in 2011. From 2013 to now, there had not been one person to win three or more besides Frankie, and he yeah. had won 14.
3: Yeah, unreal. Pretty dominant. It's pretty yeah. impressive.
1: So yeah. let's talk about the Open really quick, Justin.
0: Let's uh, go ahead.
1: He, I mean, I don't even know where you start. I mean, did you honestly think Belmo was not going to run the ladder after he got through the first two matches? I thought he was.
0: Uh, he looked pretty solid. Um, yeah, and, and I, I and, haven't I haven't seen, but I think he
3: posted something about that he regrets his decision, you know, changing out of the urethane. I think had he stayed with urethane, he would have yeah. been tough to beat. I think he was under the mistaken – You know impression that he had calmed the lanes down a little bit with uh, with urethane and thought that he'd be able to you know use reactive and have a really good reaction um you know and obviously he didn't and and people don't understand you know in that environment it's just it's a totally different animal when you're bowling on tv and you know that They talk about, well, in qualifying or match play or whatever, the number of games and stuff, and then they can go from urethane to reactive or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is, depending on who the player is. It's so few games and shots made compared to the normal qualifying rounds and stuff. It's it's amazing. And and most guys don't even think about that. They think, oh, it's a third game or whatever. It's not the same as a third game in qualifying, not even close. It's like half the number of games, you know, and and it's – you know, and I know I'm pretty sure he regrets that decision, you know, and he just didn't make quality. He didn't make the quality shots that he needed to once he made the, the big move. And, you know, it was unfortunately for him, you know, and Anthony was able to take advantage of it, threw great shots in the 10th frame. Mm-hmm. And then EJ pulled a horrible game, you know. Yeah. And and again, Anthony threw some great shots. He figured out what to do and he made the great shots, you know. And the other part of that is, you know, the step ladder. <clears throat> that's part of the PBA tour has been since 1963 or something like that. And no, I shouldn't say nobody. I would say most of the players would rather not see it. However, without the stepladder, the TV shows would probably be way less ratings than they are. And, you know, people would not, in- I personally as a bowler would rather see, you know, the guys bowling those last few games of position, you know, the, Last few games of match play around robin, and you know, and seeing those guys compete for the title and that be the title. But I'm a different person than, than most people. I and it's a, the, you know they they compare it to golf. Basically, I say, okay, you take a golf tournament. Now you take the top five guys, and now they're going to have a playoff where they bowl, they play a basically a three hole match, and that's that's your match. Statistically, yeah. it's about the same, you know. And if they did that, the golfers would say absolutely not however if they did that it would be very exciting think about yeah. it it would be very exciting if they did something like that in bowling it makes the shows a lot more exciting to have that step ladder but you're gonna those guys that are the the the, the tournament leaders are not gonna win half the time and, and it's sh- actually a little less
1: than that and it showed on saturday it did
3: well and you know it's kind of funny because the tournament they had uh, <clears throat> players championship that was actually, you know, most of those guys in the regionals, I think four to five actually won. I think Belma was the only one who who wasn't the leader who won his region.
1: Right. Yeah, I think so.
0: Uh, Arturo. I'll oh, Ar- oh, okay. I think the first yep. three yeah.
1: were the first, the, okay, the first
0: three won, yeah. yeah. So,
1: but another yeah. major in the books and strong showing for Simo. And like oh, you. Said, Walter I right? mean,
3: he, he did what he needed to do, you know. And anybody who makes a TV show is a great bowler, you know. Yeah. But, especially at the U.S. Open.
1: But oh, yeah. any
3: tournament, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Any tournament, because you're bowling against quality players, and it doesn't matter. You know, even the formats, even some of the screwy formats, they're they're all great players. You don't you don't get to TV without being a great player.
1: And that you guys was have a, a-
2: that was a gutsy ball change that he made in the ninth frame, uh, Simo, to to mm-hmm. put himself in a position, not knowing. And 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 after he'd done that, there was part of me that was thinking I was expecting Belmont to almost go back to his Euro thing for the shots in the tenth. Yeah, just say you know what. I, I, I wouldn't miss, surprise I me. Been close. I'm going to go back to what I can pr- try to hit the pocket and see if I can snap the ten out. So I, I was yep. surprised that he stuck with that ball and went deeper. Yep. But, I agree. I agree. But yeah, I agree.
3: I I it wouldn't have surprised me at all to see mm-hmm. that. And I, you know, but hey,
0: hindsight. <laughs> and I'll tell you, especially after what he did at the players last week, mm-hmm. he had uh, he had used ball A on the left lane in the first match in the stepladder and then ball the title match, went to ball B for the first four frames on the left lane. And then when he got up in the 10th frame, he did the first one to shut Sean out mm-hmm. he changed balls. Yep. So it wouldn't have surprised me if he did the same thing, but oh, I, I was almost expecting it. I was like, he's going to change balls here and at least give yeah. himself a chance. And it, he made a much different move, and it wasn't
1: close at all. It just shows that he is human. Right. It happens, we, right, we, guys? We mean? are
2: human. We don't like to be, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> Those matches go by so
3: fast. I mean, oh, they—they, it's, it, it, it's amazing you know how fast they – I mean, Rand even mentioned it, you know, that – um you know, he says like, yeah, that I, I can't remember who he's talking about, but he's like, yeah, that that match felt like it was two minutes long, you know, and, and they last 20, 25, 30 minutes. But yeah, it's, it's amazing how fast everything goes. It, it's just, it's over before it starts. It's amazing.
1: So, so you guys could answer this one. So if you're bowling a match on TV, let's just say you have a bad look. Does it feel like it's just taking forever? Like I have the 160 look. I just want to get out of here and just dragging on and on and on to when you have a good look and, you know, you're striking a will. Does it ever feel like that? Or have it, has it felt like that?
3: I've had, I've had several bad games on TV. I think Steve yeah, had one to. or two. <laughs>
2: okay. I, had, I had one that felt like it took about an hour to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah. It, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, and, and the problem is, is, you know, it's not like a normal term where you say, well, okay, I can make these adjustments and the next game, it's going to get better kind of thing. It's like, you have to do it right now mm-hmm. and or else you're done. So, you're trying to make these decisions and sometimes you're influenced by things, you know, you, the company you work for, they want you to use this ball or you, they don't want you to use this ball or something like that. And that does have an influence sometimes. Um, but, you know, cause guys drill up sometimes a couple of balls before the TV show. So now they're going with a ball they've never used in competition. And now they're going right. to throw it. And it's amazing how many guys do that. And most of the time they do all right, but every once in a while they don't. And the other part of that is the lane conditions, you know, it's just amazing how they always play different. It doesn't matter what happens, and and there's different reasons for that. The lights and how the guys practice on them, and and how all of a sudden those nerves make a little difference. You know, when when you when you're throwing the ball great and you got a great reaction, it's like you can split boards. And as soon as this, as soon as that goes away, all of a sudden you can't hit two arrows. You know, um, so
1: interesting look at it, Justin. Yeah. So. That's our recap of the Open. Let's get right into the conversation at hand, shall we? Let's go. So go I want to ask him. you guys yeah, – bye, bye, Walter, right? <laughs> so, Walter, you were two-time president of the PBA.
3: One time. What? Well, oh, it was, was it was a two-year two-year term.
1: Okay. All right. So you were a former president of the PBA, and I don't think that they have a president of the PBA anymore. I don't
3: think they do. It was a player's – president yes
1: okay so what is and and i don't know this because the pba website's really not up to par what are the requirements to go into the hall of fame now right everybody now, says something different so do you know right now, what it is or steve do you know I'm, what it is
3: i'm actually on the hall of fame committee um but i'm pretty sure that right now it's basically having either 10 national titles or a combination of five national titles uh, down, and, and two majors. So I guess the two majors the two will bump you up to five. the ten. Something it's something right. like that, um, and so and right now it's kind of when a guy has that, and then they also have to have been off, I've been a member for twenty years or something like that. I and and so there's a little little age thing. I don't think you have to have been off tour because Wes is still on tour and he got elected. Right. Um, a couple other guys, uh, back when I got elected in the hall of fame, the age limit was 35 and that was it. And so it was like, once you, once you're 35, they, they looked at your credentials and they said, okay, you you can be in the hall of fame or mm-hmm. you're, you're eligible for the hall of fame. And then they would vote on you and you would either get in or not get in. Now, for the most part, you don't get nominated until you have this certain credential, which pretty much is, what they think is the bare minimum to be in the Hall of Fame. So pretty much everybody gets in the Hall of Fame once they get to this point. There was a few years ago that they had three players who had very, very similar credentials. And because it was three players and basically their all their votes were divided. And I, I kind of said, you need to kind of, you know, figure out a system that one of these guys either gets in and then the other guys will get in too, because it there was a log jam for those guys to get in. Um, I think it was uh Steve Hoskins and Mike Scroggins and um, Brian Goebel. Did Scroggins
1: and hit 10 titles or he had the two majors, right? He had, oh, he had the majors.
3: majors. And, and, and so it was the combination, you know, where <clears throat> their stats were very similar and all that stuff. And, you know, so different guys are, different people are voting for different people. So it, it was basically, you know, nobody had enough votes to get in. And so they finally modified the rule or whatever so that, that basically they, they ended up all getting in because they were all, to me, they are all qualified. And that's kind of why I suggested, you know, I actually suggested what I suggested on uh, uh, the post a week ago about the point system. I actually suggested it to the Hall of Fame committee. And they've kind of like, you know, and sometimes it takes a while for something like that to be implemented. And some people, but there are some people who don't think that regional titles should count.
1: So I, can you... Can you tell us what you said? and um, So people that are watching, I don't know if Steve knows what you said. It's just like the Reader's Digest version, well, basically.
3: I, I, unfortunately, I didn't write it down. But basically, it was like so many points. It was like 10 points for a national title. You got double points for a uh, a major title. So if you won like the Tournament of Champions, that would be 20 points. It would take you 100 points to get into the Hall of Fame. And it would just be cut and dry. You'd, once you got to that... You'd be in. There's no voting or anything like that. Um, and then, if you want a senior touring tour, a senior national title, that would be worth five points. If it was a, a senior um, major title on the tour, that would be worth 10 points. Um, if you want a regional title, that would be worth two points. If it was a regional major, which there are some, that would be worth four points. If it was a s- senior regional tournament, that would be worth one point. And if it was a senior regional major, that'd be worth two points. So basically, using that kind of a point system, and over the career or whatever, you know, and and some people say, well, they don't put minor leaguers in the Mm -hmm. baseball Hall of Fame. I think that was one of the big arguments. Yeah. And my argument is, you know what? We don't pull. We don't bowl for near enough money to make that a, a valid argument, because the guys on the, you know, the guys on a regional tour. Some of them only bowl the regional tour because they have pretty good jobs. So it doesn't make any sense to them financially to go try to bowl on tour because they would have to do extremely well to make that much money. Not to mention traveling away from your family and other stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, right. So there, there are plenty of great bowlers who bowl part time on the tour. Maybe maybe they bowl a year or two or three or whatever, four um and won some titles or maybe they didn't win titles or not that many but they were great bowlers and then but they won a ridiculous number of regional titles I mean Steve's a perfect exam how many regional titles you got like 35 or 40. 43. 43 that's all see so (laughs) he's got more so and and, you know and you've got what five national titles seven seven okay
2: and a major and a major
3: and a major so to, you're you're like that close already. Exactly. That's what you know, I mean. and you know it. And and actually, before the new system, there were guys that had those credentials that are in the Hall of Fame. Right. Roy, Roy think, Buckley
1: was the one that we talked about that had right. seven titles and he got in.
3: Right. Yeah. So you know, it, and and it's not just Steve. There's other players. You got Chris mm-hmm. Warren. I think Guppy Troop. Hugh Miller um, is another example. Right. Hugh Miller. You know, so there's, there's a bunch of really good players, you know, and I think uh, Ryan Schaefer would probably be really close. <laughs> you know, yeah. You yeah. know his, so
1: his record's really good. Well, well, we've, and, we've talked and, about him.
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, unfortunately for him, you know, his his record in the major tournaments is really, really good, except he didn't win. I think right, he's yeah. got, like, the most TV shows or the top five finishes – of anybody without a title in a major mm-hmm. tournament,
2: which I is not the, the stat you really want to have. The, but they great in the majors.
1: I think it was six set runner-ups, we said, Something and 15 like shows and 15 yeah. major telecasts. Yeah. you never yeah. won.
3: Yeah, it, it's and and a lot, I know a lot of people like to put emphasis on winning, and winning is definitely what we're all out there trying to do, but you know. So, finish, sit, seconds really not that bad. I mean, it, no. it is and it isn't. You know, seconds way ahead of all those other guys. And There's one other guy that beat you. You know, and and sometimes you were the guy who led the tournament and got beat. You know,
2: so right. So and I'm pretty sure most of the guys right. out there. I mean, all of us probably have more second place finishes than we have first. I mean, I, well, not all of us. There's some. Well, there's some of there's us, a few. But I mean,
3: and I'm and, and I'm and I'm one of the few that yeah. has. I think the exact same number.
2: Yeah. But that's a but lot of opportunities.
3: I think I have more seconds in regional tournaments. Yeah, I wow. might have more seconds on the senior tour than I have first. Yeah, I and mean, then you mean, got somebody like Norm Buch. He's got 40 wins and 20 seconds, which is really remarkable. And you got Randy Peterson.
2: There.
3: Randy Peterson's probably a very similar step, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is impressive, you know, but you know. It, Anyway, so you look at so, that.
2: I mean, how many times have you bowled for the title versus how many? I mean, I've, I've got seven national titles. I probably bowled for the title at least seven or eight more times beyond that that I finished second. In. So, right. Yeah. I mean, you've beat me a few times. So <laughs> right? Several. So, several? <laughs> you beat me several times, <laughs> but we've, we've had our share of title matches. Right. But sure. it, it's just you, you look at that and it's yeah. like any of those matches could go any way. And oh, it's God, kind of yeah. back to the uh to the to the to the uh, step ladder part of it, you know the end of the day, I mean, everybody just wants to have one match to bowl for, for the title. You get you give yourself the best odds and no matter what happens on the show. But yep, just everybody, getting yourself in that position is a pretty good accomplishment. Uh, yeah. Calm so, down. Well, what a what breed of game dog game. is that? Yeah, that's great Dean. Yeah, you want to see him? Absolutely. Ah. Say hi. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> He's like, you're not paying attention to me. <laughs> that's so, not the dog I saw last time. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> that's not the same dog I saw last. No, night. we have, we also have a corgi. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a little shorter. Her legs,
3: about, deep her legs sure. are about yeah. that big, <laughs> but it's funny they go after each other. It's pretty funny. They
0: they get oh. along great, but yeah.
1: So, okay, so I guess I I, I'm just, go ahead, go. I, got,
0: I got one. So back to what you were saying about the the comparing it to the minor leagues in the Hall of Fame and the amount of money that we that we make. Right. Uh, it, you you don't hear of players that play in the minor leagues that have a second job that only go bowl or go play a couple of minor league games a year. I mean, they're they're on those teams and they're making full livings playing well, on a minor league team. The, so,
3: and and I, don't know what the, I don't know what the salaries are for the minor leaguers. I know at one time it was not very good, you know, and they're really sacrificing in the off chance that they'll make it to the majors. And if they happen to make it to the majors – they're set, you know. Right. That's not the same thing on the bowling tour. You can go out on tour and be a touring player and make very, very little money and, and actually lose money because you got expenses you got to pay for and everything. You know, people don't understand when you go out on the road, you got to pay for your entry fees. You got to pay your hotel expenses, your travel ex- your travel expenses, you know, bowling balls, you know, and mm-hmm. and and then, you know, you might have expenses at home or probably will have expenses at home. Right. Especially if you got a family and all that. So there's. There's a lot more that goes on to it than that. And that's, that's part of my reasoning that the regional players should be involved in that.
1: And, and, but here's the, I guess, here's the other question. So a guy like Steve, he bowled on tour for what, 30 years, probably, Steve?
2: You're
3: on tour?
1: 25, 25, 30 years.
3: Well, but you didn't bowl 25 years on tour.
2: Well, I started in 87, and there was a stretch there that I went part-time when we opened our pro shop up. So from right. like 89 to 91, I, I bowled part-time, and then I, I'd won my first title in Edmund as a part-time player. Uh, two right. years later, I'd won there again. And from that point, I'd stayed uh, I'd stayed on tour full-time. So out of those 25, I probably had like 22 of them were
1: full-time. Okay, okay so still 20-plus. 20 20-plus 20 mm-hmm. years. Well, yeah. that's yeah.
3: – that's, even still, you know – I. It's like taking away the regional tour and saying it's not worth anything, and that's and that's kind of where I disagree with that.
1: And and I, we kind and, of and do. That's, too.
3: And that's why my my point system is the way it is. You know, because to me, uh, a national tour is worth a lot more than a regional t- title. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everybody agrees with that.
2: Right. And right. I think a senior Absolutely.
3: title is worth less than a regular title. And we've got guys in the Hall of Fame based only on their senior performances.
1: And that was my next question. So there is a senior division to the Hall of Fame. We learned that. No. well, yes, it is a different division.
3: Yes, but but uh, yeah, but okay. So so I guess the so question is, we not have a regional division, or but and that's where yeah. that's why I like the point system because it kind of you know puts it all. Of course, with the point system, it would make it very very difficult for a guy just to make it. Into the tour under the Hall of Fame based solely on their Hall of Fame performances. Right.
2: So, fewer tournaments being bowled now. Well, part
3: of it's part of it's because of that. But I mean, based on what I had, I think it was five and 10 or whatever for senior. So, if they'd have to win 20 regular senior tour events, nobody's done that. Yeah. You know, but if, but if he wins like seven and, you know, six, you know, but even still, not many guys have done that. You know, and I I think if you look at some of the careers of some of the great players, you know, who who got in the Hall of Fame based mainly on their senior performances, um, you know, it it probably wouldn't meet the credentials that I came up with, maybe one or two of them.
1: So if if they were to alter the rules and let a guy like Steve in and they adjusted it where, you know, seven, eight titles but forty regional titles, we're going to allow that in. Do you think that would discredit what you've done because you had, you know, you kind of earned it, and a lot of people are saying that it would discredit what you, Pete Norm Parker, has done for all the Uh, years. I
3: mean, it's if okay. So I've got forty-seven national titles, and there's guys with eight, ten titles. Does that mean that already? we're we're equal or yeah. we're not equal. I right. mean we're in the hall of fame. I mean they don't say okay, you're the number one guy in the hall of fame, you're the <laughs> number fifty guy in the hall of fame, you're the hundred guy. They don't say that. You're in the hall of fame, you're in the hall of fame. There's no mm-hmm. ranking system.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's a it's a touchy one. And like you said, I guess the other good example, Walter Ray, you said guys at a full-time job was Dale Traver, probably.
3: Right. Yeah, Dale Traver. And and yeah. and I don't think I don't think he was <clears throat> um Actually, make it based on the point system I came up with. He might—he'd be very close though. Because Dale has senior tournaments, and um I don't think he ever won. A, he never did win the national. Well, he won. uh no. he Dave, never won. Dave Dave won the national Dave title, did.
1: but Dale led it. Right. Yeah, and Dale was second. So Dale has one runner-up as his best finish on tour. Fifty-two. Regional titles, and I don't know what mm-hmm. he did on the senior tour. I know he's he's won a he's couple, right? At least
3: he's got at least one. He's he he won a senior masters against. Oh me. <laughs> 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 um, and he's probably won. He probably won another tournament it, because he's a he was a quality player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Bowled he's against him there. a lot, and yeah. and he bowled on tour. You know those few years, and for you know he bowled one or two tournaments a year, and that would be basically it. He's a great player back then. You know, mm-hmm. and you know some of the younger players might look at him and say, well, gee, he had a low rev rate, but they think everybody with a rev rate under 350 doesn't bowl very well.
2: Yeah, he was rarely out of the cash and he was always in contention. So.
1: Yeah. A great bowler. Mm-hmm. So Steve, I know I've, we've kind of thrown your name in the mud for the past two weeks now. <laughs> what What's your thoughts on this? I mean, you're the closest one that we came up with that we feel Justin and I feel that you should be enshrined in the hall. And unfortunately by the PBA's guidelines, you're not there. So what's your stance? What, what do you think of it?
2: Well, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that you brought me up because that, that means that I have done well enough that people recognize it. So that was, that, that was nice to hear. And, and I, I was checking out the, 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 show last week. So I, I didn't get to comment anything. That's why I made the, the comment on the post that you had the other day, but you know, it, yeah, it's, it's like, I'm right on the edge of it. And the, the problem with the, the, the regional side of it is, there's several of the regional tournaments that I had won in the past that are now considered tour titles. Um, Jonesboro, Arkansas used to be a regional title that I'd won at least once. I might've won that twice. And there, there's a few other ones that kind of fall into that category that now they're considered a tour stop. And that may have changed how, how my eligibility would be at that point. But, you know, it, Everything kind of changes over time. I mean, I know the the standards have changed over over the years with how what they did mm-hmm. to get people in. And I think you know when Walter was going through the, you uh, um, had to be out I think like twenty years on tour or whatever. But I, I think when the um, when the PBA got bought out by all the Microsoft guys and Chris Peters and that whole group, I, I thought they had changed it at one point where you had to have been off the tour for a certain amount of time. It might've been five years. It might've been 10. I think years. it was it, something like that yeah. or age and,
3: 50 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I had seen that, um, that, that Tommy got in and, and that Chris had gone in. I'm like, well, these are current players. So they might be looking at some different parameters now, but.
3: Yeah. I think they backed off on that and made it uh, maybe, I, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I maybe um, 20 years on tour mm-hmm. or, or from their first time that they bowled on tour or something like that. Um, and and yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of weird because back when I got inducted in the Hall of Fame, I I don't think the rules were quite right because it was age thirty five. But what's odd is back then there were very few guys bowling on tour past the age of forty, right? And you know, fifteen twenty years later, there was twenty guys. Twenty, I think one year there was twenty three or twenty four guys over the age of forty bowling on tour as touring players, <clears throat> and you know, and quality players too. So for whatever reason things change a little bit but when i got inducted i only had 15 titles so i actually won 32 titles after being inducted
1: well, yeah like a That's second impressive.
3: career yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, so it's, it's, kind, of funny. Yeah, it's right. kind of funny you know that 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 kind of happened you know and and sometimes you know they they look and they say well you shouldn't really go in the hall of fame until your your career is kind of completed you yeah know? Ma-
1: major league baseball is six years after you retire yeah, mm-hmm. and that's
3: know, not bad. No, the and and I think this is uh, the age is different in bowling than it is in baseball. You know, there aren't not many guys in their late forties still trying yeah. to make a living on the baseball. You know, to,
0: so I, you know. I almost think it's going to be more of an age thing rather than like a so many after you retire thing because like in baseball you're not playing past thirty five or forty. Yeah, right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like forty five is about about the the oldest you're going to find. And but now you got Norm Duke; he's still bowling great um yeah you know he's
2: 57. yeah and i mean and walter ray brought up a, a point earlier about you know it's not everybody looks at the wins everybody looks at how many times you win and but you you got to look at how like you said making the show getting there and being in contention and being one of the the steady players and you know 20 some years out on tour I, I felt like i was pretty consistent um i think i went 20 straight seasons where i'd made at least a telecast which is pretty pretty good considering we had 20 30 tournaments of the year that, that we were bowling then. Um, I qualified for the Japan Cup probably ten years in a row, which you had to be consistently in the top 16. So you had to be performing to get there, and it's just a matter of trying to get everything done when you get on the show. And it's you know, I, I look back at the at the Masters show that we were on in Miller Park, and that was probably the best that I had ever bowled on television. And I was literally one shot away from winning that second major that would have had me qualified based off of those stand these standards and it was one of those things that in the middle of the match, you know, Rash kind of backed off. He threw a Brooklyn in between two shots, and that ended up being the difference of when he could shut me out. And if he doesn't carry that hit, I could still get up in the 10th and double and maybe win. And it's just the way the game goes. And But to have that opportunity to be there, going into 10th and still have a chance to win it, but literally one shot away from, you know, maybe having another major, and it's just it can go either way.
1: The, the other argument is that guys are saying that it's the PBA Hall of Fame. But the regional tour is still the PBA tour, no matter how you look at it. And, Steve, 40 – 43? 44? Mm -hmm. 43? What Mm -hmm. is it, 43? 43. 43 regional titles. You're beating majority of those guys that bowl on tour for how many years in the region? And your region – we talked about this with – Yeah, we talked about it with Riggles a couple weeks ago. Jeff has 30 regional titles. Mm -hmm. You have both of the Travers in your region. Lenny Borsch is in your region. I mean, Weber was in – you beat these guys. So – you're there was one.
2: Them. There was one summer that I think um, I, I forgot how far back it was, but I think Pete and I had bowled for the title probably yeah, Pete, for yeah, a month and a, and a half straight. We literally we all we qualified on the opposite ends of the bracket, and we always and ended up winning matches. And I think we bowled each other for the title four weeks in a row. So that's it incredible. Was, it was yeah. it was insane. I mean, it, the, the rest of the regional players weren't too happy about it, but. It just happened. I mean, and, and they didn't put a restriction where the play the tour players couldn't bowl. And and what I used the, the regional tour as a stepping stone to get on the on the national tour. My my first year on tour, I struggled a little bit because there's a learning curve that everybody went through. And I did not bowl. I, I used the regional tour to get enough experience to try to get on a national tour. But I didn't win a regional until I had bowled on a national tour for a year, and I and I got the experience from that part. And I brought that back to the regional side, and then I started winning tournaments there. So the, the two kind of went hand in hand for me.
3: Yeah, I, I, I didn't win my first regional title till after I was on tour. I started on tour full-time in 83, and I, the year before in 82, I, I had four seconds in regional tournaments and you know had, had a really good year, made some decent money but, uh, mm-hmm. in the regions, and then went on the tour the next year. But, uh, um, Yeah. They, they went hand in hand to and, me. So. And now the the players now, I think because of the collegiate program, I think they're so much more experienced when they go out on tour. I, I think they, they definitely have a lot more, have a bigger edge on some of the players way back then, um, which, is, yeah. which is good. It's great. Yeah. It's great to see
2: that, you know, they're getting the experience and, you know, uh, and the patterns they bowl on in the college tour is they're ridiculous. Oh, they're, 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 they're nice just, and tough. Yeah. And, you know, I,
3: I, you know, it's everybody blames the bowling balls. How many guys <laughs> have averaged over 220 in the last 25 years on the, on the, in the U S open. Oh, no. not, <laughs> not very many. In <laughs> no. and, and the, and the last four or five years, they've actually put out quote, easier patterns. You know so mm-hmm. on some of the patterns they're not impossible and it's not that they're impossible but you have to throw really really good shots in a flat pattern i don't right. care
2: who you are yeah that was the second pattern they used at the u.s open last week and that was a right. pattern we bowled on every day when we were at Carolier.
3: exactly yeah did, yeah back in the old days yeah, for,
2: for 14 years
3: in in the u.s open it was a flat pattern every week every time you know mm-hmm. and the scores were really really low i mean mm-hmm. i i think though out of those 14 straight years I think Jason might have averaged 220 the one year in uh, um, Columbus where we bolted three different houses. And I think he was the only one to average 220
2: um, out of all the years at the U.S. Open. And everybody talks about the bowling balls. Yeah. If you could stay within 70 under, you were probably going to make the cut at the U.S. Open, at least the first cash cut.
1: At Carolier, they were always Mm. impossible for those couple of years. We had them up here in Jersey. Nobody was 220.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That yep. center was if so much. Cool if,
3: and... if you ever stood 10, you had a good chance of making the TV show. Oh yeah.
1: And, and Steve, that center is it's a night and day difference from when you guys bowled there now. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> no. So let, let me let me throw another one out there. So <clears throat> we've we already said that Steve is, is our guy, Justin. Like we feel that yeah. he should be the first one. Question of the both of you. Who's another guy that you think should be in but doesn't meet the criteria? I want to see I if like it's Chris any way Warren. that we've discussed so far, uh, Justin. I think Chris oh, Warren.
2: Warren. Okay, I would agree. one. Chris Warren. I, he's I
0: would put like, Ryan like up Fifty-five
3: there. regional titles or something stupid. He does Chris, have
0: a lot. Chris
3: Warren has fifty-six regionals, and he's got five. He's got six national titles, and one of those is a major.
1: Yeah, he won the Masters. Forty-seven standard regionals, nine senior regional titles. Yeah, and I'm not including what he did on the senior tour. I think he won the senior Masters as well, right? Correct. Yeah, so one. So he has one senior title. Mm-hmm. So now, would they do they combine? So let's just say Steve goes out and bowls a senior tour. So he has seven titles. He wins five on the senior tour. Would they combine that, or there's there's separation between the national? And the senior? I'm not
2: sure.
3: I, I Dale Eagle got in the Hall of Fame, but he had a really good senior career. I think he only won four, maybe five national titles um, on the regular tour. And he, he did very well on the senior tour. I think he probably won probably 11 or 12 t- national titles on the senior tour. So he had a very mm-hmm. good senior career. Um, well, Ron you know. Moore is another one. Ron, yep. But Ron Moore never bowled on the national tour. No. Okay. And there, was a, there were several guys, I think Gene Stuss and John Handegaard bowled on the regular tour and never won on the regular tour. He finished second, I think, one time. Um, he did win once. Oh yes, right. He won over 57, 50, which yes. is really kind you're of right. funny because he, he goes on a senior tour and he starts winning, and I think it gave him so much confidence that he bowled the the, the regular tour that year and he's 57 and he actually qualified fourth or fifth and ran ran the ladder, you know, yeah. which wow. which is kind of amazing, you know, after all the years that he bowled on tour, off and on. I mean, his Hall of Fame speech. Was probably the funniest and best Hall of Fame speech that I ever listened to. I don't know if Steve was there, but um it was absolutely amazing because he talked about you know he talked about his trials and tribulations. He'd come out on tour and then he'd go back home. He'd go out on tour and he'd go I back home. He'd go out on tour and he'd go back home. And it was you know it was, but it was it was very comical and it was very you know heartening and you know it was it was a kind of story everybody wants to hear, you know, because it was you know not a guy who came out there and just went gung-ho with his first time out and, you know, never, never looked back. I mean, he, he really had a lot of, you know, struggles trying to make, make a living bowling on tour. And then finally as a senior, everything clicked for him for whatever reason. And then actually, you know, he's the guy who's the oldest ever won a national title.
1: So here's two more I'll throw out there. Michael (coughs) Haugen, Michael Haugen. Yeah. Now Haugen has five national titles to the major. Mm-hmm. So again, doesn't meet the criteria. He
3: just has the one major, though.
1: Yes, he has the one. He won the tournament of champions, right. but his regional accolades: twenty-nine regionals, twenty-three standards, six senior. Not counting what he's done on the fifty tour so far.
3: And on the on the on the senior tour, he's got
1: he's got a major on the senior four. tour.
3: He's got three or four senior national titles. And a, and a player of those is the, major, you know. So and and you know,
1: a player of the year. Yeah. Hugh Miller was the other one, and then we go to Schaefer, and yeah. Schaefer has always been the one that everybody discusses. He never gets the proper recognition. Well, but he Steve, does
3: and He doesn't. I think from the oh, players, he does.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But from what's but like Steve said earlier, Schaefer, Japan Cup, the earnings list, everything—those mm-hmm. things need to be looked at when you're looking at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Schaefer's top. Those are just, things I look at.
2: Is is Schaefer like 13th, and I think I'm 14th on the money list? Or, it, it's some. Yeah, I, you are. You're able neck able and neck. It, we're right there. And, yeah, that's. Uh,
0: yeah. I was gonna say that. I think the the point system needs to be, like, more things need to be considered than just the the titles on whatever level yeah. they are. Yeah,
3: you, you and, and what I did was a real simple thing. I mean, you right, right. Very add, simple. You can always add a, a bonus for you know for Japan cups. Well, I mean, like, like, for, like for Steve, be, you know, about. for being in the top ten or or whatever at the end of the season and money and average and all that stuff. Um, but. Again, that's that's definitely where the consistency consistency comes in at, you know, those kinds of things. But it's, there you can definitely add some other criteria, you know, as points or whatever to, right, for that to get
0: there.
1: It's yeah, just think, so fast. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry.
0: Yeah, because we, I mean, Steve just said ten plus in the Japan Cup. Um, I know we talked about Ryan Schaefer making it like sixteen times or something like that. Um. I mean consistency, like like Walter just said, um, and those things, those things Good show. Good consistency. Up. There's exactly. a difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He's not. Well, he's not every game the doesn't to very far. <laughs> no. So here, here's one for Steve. Okay. So I know the Southwest region; they have their own, um, they have the regional Hall of Fame. The Southwest does, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the only region in the PBA that has a Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. Right, guys? I think, I think that's right. it. Yeah. So if they were to, if the other regions were to have regional hall of fame, and the Midwest has a hall of fame, and Steve goes in, would you feel slighted that you got into like, let's say, one A instead of one like number one?
2: Well, I think the the regional hall of fame would be a standalone. I think those are kind of like like their own within their own region. I mean, they've got their own players of the years. They've got their mm-hmm. own awards that they do for each of the regions. That to me, that would probably it it would be a great honor to be in. in to be mentioned in a hall of fame in, in the region to me, I, I look at it as kind of like a state hall of fame or a local association hall of fame. I mean, it's within where you're at and you know, it, it's.
3: Yeah. Just because you're the, in the just because you're in a state or County hall of fame doesn't mean you shouldn't be in the state hall of fame.
2: Right. Exactly. Or, or the so,
3: national USBC hall of fame kind of same mm-hmm. similar kind of thing.
2: Right. So well, I would still, like, like I said, when we came on earlier, I think I fall, I'm like right in the middle of that crack where I, I, I had a, a great regional career, but it was, it was part of the national tour that got me that regional career. So it, I think they kind of m- more of my time was spent bowling the tour and the, and the regionals were, were kind of a supplement in between the tour stops when, um, to stay sharp, to, to still stay competitive. Um, that was my main goal was still part of the, the national tour did you ever that, win the
1: resident pro steve
2: no i almost did marty letcher beat me in uh corpus christi <laughs> for that year and, and that was uh, that year i had already won in edmond so i was already eligible for the firestone at the time so i had asked uh the tournament directors if i had won that tournament would i have counted as having another region uh, another tour title a national title um they they weren't going to look at it that way but yeah, they, they did give you a banner for the national
3: tour. title right
2: it, so, gets you, it gets you an entry in the hall into the tournament Championship. tournament you, you got, got a, a, a banner a national and, tournament exactly so um but yeah I came close uh, got to make the trip a lot now they brought that back and uh I didn't get to bowl enough tournaments this year but it's uh it looked like a pretty cool event
1: so if i, I, want, to, I want to word this the right way um I don't even know how to word this correctly without coming off sounding like a dope here um <laughs> Well, no, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're my friend. That. So, so it, what would the right way to be to try to, like, I don't want to say like protest or lobby to try to make a change if that was the right thing to do? Like, what would the necessary measures be to try to bring this to the board or whoever it would be? Whether, well, like I'm I said, or whoever.
3: There, there is a Hall of Fame committee, and it's basically through that that something like that would get modified or changed but they've made changes without the hall of fame committee making some of those changes. So, yeah, <laughs> so you know, anyway. <laughs> it, cause the PBA is not a player organization anymore. It's owned by a company mm-hmm. AMF, you know, so Bolero. So, you know, they can basically do whatever they want. And, you know, that's so the last 20 plus years, 21 years, it's basically been that way. It hasn't been a been a players' organization, you know. They've they've kind of tried to, you know, allow the players to do certain things, but at the end of the day, you know, they have the ultimate say on what's going to happen.
1: Steve, you said you had won some of those regionals. Uh, we lost Justin. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Justin went. He just vanished. Um, <laughs> some of those regionals you won mm-hmm. that are now national titles how many you said there were four you, you said there were there might I, th- I think I think I'd have to look back and check
2: I think I had won Jonesboro at least more uh, once for sure possibly twice which is a, which is one of the it was one of the extra frame events and um I'd have to look back I mean we we had so many different tournaments we used to have the foundation games with water. the cold Coldwater um, is now a tourist is a tour title Parkside is a was a regional was a regional I I never won Parkside but I mean we had other events I mean uh, Lenny used to do the foundation games with Kegel. We used to bowl in with multiple patterns. I, that was, it felt like a big tournament. There was a lot of the tour guys were there and to, to win that, you got invited into the international version of that, which I had won, which was not a tour title. So it's really not even in consideration here, but um, there I'd have to look back at the, at the tournaments that I'd won. I, 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 could think of a couple offhand that, that they've changed. I mean, just because they added extra frame in the streaming part of it, they added a tour title to it. So it's um it, it, yeah. I don't want to say it's easier to win a tour title now because it's definitely not, but there are yeah. easier yeah. ways to get to a title than there used to be. It, it's, it's
3: different. I mean, for sure, it yeah. used to be minimum 42 games and stuff. You know, now sometimes you can win with 15 or whatever, 20 games or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're still very difficult to win. Those guys, that's why I didn't bowl this year. You know, everybody's like, why didn't you bowl the U.S. Open? I'm like, if you'd have watched me bowl the state tournament this weekend, you'd know why. <laughs> Bowling a house shot and right, I didn't average. I averaged like two twenty two. It was just pathetic. (laughs) I just um, and 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 I started out really well. That's that's the really sad part, (laughs) you know. And and, you know, so it's it's. I have all the respect in the world for those guys bowling on tour. Those guys are great players, and you know, I think I think they just don't. I don't think they get near enough credit for what they do. you know, people, the average bowler thinks, oh, we're bowling on a house condition. They're bowling on an easy condition, too. And I could, I can do that. You know, like, go shoe up. Let's see if you can average 200 on this, that pattern. They're averaging 235 on because mm-hmm. they make it look so easy.
2: Exactly. And, you know,
3: like this week, I think the, the scores are really high this week mm-hmm. at the tournament. Yeah. They're, oh, they're bowling they're on a house shot. Go ahead and bowl. Go, mm-hmm. go, go bowl on what you think is that house shot. You'll still be averaging 20 or 30 pins less than what you do in league. They, they just have the average decent bowler has no idea.
2: That was one of the things the tour did for the for a while when we went to the exempt tour. They would have the uh, the PTQ, and you get one amateur that got in, one non member. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, they would show everybody's averages, what they averaged in league, and what they yes. averaged in the tournament. And I, I think they only did that for a few weeks because that might have started to get a little demeaning. But it was it did <laughs> well, show average, what the difference. The average was.
3: of the non members was way low. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it would just show that, you know they're bowling at home on a house shot. They're averaging two thirty at home. Our scoring pace this week, most of the guys average around two fifteen. He averaged 190, 180, you know, or whatever. So it just shows – that that was different ways that they tried to show that what the differences were between what we bowled on out there. The lane looks the same no matter what. I mean, they put the colored oil down, but it's still – Unfortunately,
3: I think the colored oil is the worst thing they've ever done for for professional bowling. Really? Because it looks like the lane conditions are easy. Because you can see all that oil in the middle of the lane. It does. I bowl on those lane conditions. They are not that way. Mm Mm-mm not even close and it's yeah. it's amazing how that different shade of oil goes from light blue to dark blue and you're thinking oh my god there's a trench there right. i'm gonna have a field day and the ball just goes it just skates on it i mean mm-hmm. it's just amazing how it doesn't play the way you think it's going to and you know and they are looking at you're watching the guys bowling like why aren't they playing here you know and and it was kind of surprising because, you know, last week, all of a sudden, guys are playing straight up. on the I don't know if you watched the uh, um, the five guys trying to go for the seating spot of the players. Yeah. Um, what, what I was watching that, and Randy's like, well, nobody played there. I'm like, you obviously forgot last week when Norm Duke was playing right up nine, 8 nine, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think some of the guys realized that, and Sean realized that. And so he was doing that, and other guys said, well, you know what? He's actually making it look decent. Maybe I should try that. And I think some guys get so caught up in you know how their ball hooks and stuff and you know doing this or that, but it's even still, even what they were doing on that particular pattern, you still had to make great shots. You can't just throw the ball anywhere on like a, you can't on a house shot, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I I bowl league and I'm, I throw the ball and I come back and I'm like, oh my god, that have been three on the right on tour, you know, because <laughs> you know I miss I missed it so bad, I threw it so bad. And when you score
2: struck. up, it's three off the left. You
3: know, and, and yeah, it, it's, and they just, they have no idea. Now, I, I bowled, I remember bowling the U.S. Open in New Jersey one year, and I bowled with a guy who's pretty good. You probably remember Matt Freiberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I crossed him. I think it was the very first tournament that he ever bowled. Now, he hooks the ball quite a bit. And mm-hmm. one game, he picked off the 10 pin and the seven pin in the same game. One game, he had a wow. six bagger and got on on the seventh shot he he got two he got the six nine you know and this is a guy who i think late the next year shot 400 over for a ptq for seven games Mm -hmm. you know but on the u.s open pattern he was like 500 under you know and and it was i think it was probably his first tournament ever bowling on something like that and you know it was just it's just amazing how the ball Would goes that... that away, or it goes that away. You gotta, you gotta really, <laughs> you gotta really split that board to make the ball go where you want it to go.
1: So, in your almost forty years of bowling on tour, Walter Ray, and and everything you've seen, and Steve, this goes back to you. Was that the hardest pattern you guys ever saw on tour those years at Carolier when they were forty feet well, one the, to the one? Flat
3: pat- a flat pattern is is, is always tough. I thought the toughest lane condition I ever bowled on, and I don't. Steve, Steve might have been there. I want to say Reno in like '93 or '94, and I was on B squad, and I couldn't get my plastic ball on the right side of a head pin.
2: Wow! I, think I, I did bowl at tournament. Yeah, they were they were it brutal. Was,
1: <laughs> my there, they go. like yeah, there they go. Yeah, they go. So just Justin, before we wrap it up, I want to hit them with my famous question before we let them go. Okay, go right ahead. All right. So guys, we I've I've asked this to everybody that comes on with us. And uh Justin, the, the same answer is given all the time. Okay. All right. So guys, who is the best guy you saw of Bull on tour that never went to the winter circle? Oh. And that's kind of the result, and that's the answer or the look I get from everybody when I ask it. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: There's so many good players. I mean, it's just...
1: What was the question, Mike? Hi, Fancy. How are you?
2: <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> can you <laughs> Google we, that? <laughs> who's the best bowler that never won? <laughs> who's the best bowler that never won? Like yeah. recently? Man, that's tough.
1: In your time out there. So, Can I give you the two guys that we hear all the time Sure, you know, we, we always hear Brian LeClaire is number one. And the oh, second yeah. one is Richie Wolf.
2: Yeah, Richie threw.
3: Well, well Richie was a great bowler. Richie didn't have quite the credentials. Um Richie had the most one of the most beautiful games yeah. you could ever see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was more the comment about Richie than than not. I mean, not that he wasn't a great bowler because he was. His
1: um, game was just but he had natural. such a
3: great, great physical game, and for whatever reason, it just didn't translate to bowling on tour. Um, and you know that there's there's so much more to bowling on tour than just having a great physical game.
2: Like Joe Furpo, his titles doubles with Del Warren, but Furpo for sure I would have thought would have had like more singles titles. Yeah, well, and then and then
3: there was uh um Gil Slyker was Moser, another one. Don Moser. Yeah, and he
2: had a doubles term, I think he he was his title.
3: Um, and now you got AJ Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say his he name. He
1: won the Japan Cup, but it doesn't count. Right? Well, it wasn't the Japan Cup. He won, he won something.
2: He yeah. won. I think
0: it was the the it was one of the events in Korea. Who AJ? Yeah. AJ. Yeah, he did win something
2: overseas, but it wasn't. It, yeah, it yeah, it didn't. It didn't count for. It, it didn't for a PBA title. I
0: mean, yeah. He's still bowling, so
1: he has a chance. Well, and he yeah, will go yeah. to the winner's circle. He's too talented. Yeah, huh? it's just a matter yeah. of time. Well,
2: yeah, there think, is win, no guarantee. It, that's true. I mean. Yeah.
1: Larson, think about that, Martin
2: yeah. Larson's never won. Martin Larson's talented as shit. Sorry, wow. I didn't mean to say yeah, that. Yeah, good
3: like point. That. But <laughs> Martin Larson's very talented. But, yeah, and there's yeah, and then. Uh, so something like Junichi Yajima. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: you know, the Japanese. He's basically the Dick Weber for Japanese, the Japanese Dick Weber. He's wow. got like forty-six um JPBA titles or something like that. Um, wow. and and he bowled great into his fifties. I think he won on the J- the Japanese tour in his late fifties. Did, did he ever come over here, Walter Ray, or no? He did come over here. He bowled a few tournaments over here, um, but he didn't bowl very forward. much. Um, but he bowled a few tournaments here and there. Uh, I know Takeo Sakai did, but mm-hmm. again, he only bowled part-time. Um, and Takeo won, I don't know, 25 or 30 JPBA titles. Um, can you know, can but, I throw one more name out? Sure. K- Timmy Mack.
1: Well, unfortunately, Timmy,
3: Timmy did all his great bowling – you know, yeah, as a non-member, yeah. and then hurt himself, and then tried to bowl on tour, and unfortunately, you know, he just never was able to regain the form that he had as he before he before he tra- joined the PBA. Yeah, I think if he'd have done
2: it different, if he started on the tour side of it, he probably. Yeah, he'd have he bowled on tour, college, you know,
3: but he he, he was able great to make a great career, worse. you know, bowling internationally and stuff and mm-hmm. all that. It's, oh, yeah. it's kind of a shame. It, that's one of the really big shame, shame thing, <clears throat> shameful things about the bowling industry. And unfortunately, USBC, the old ABC, was how they classified professional bowlers. You know, he was classified as an amateur bowler. He was not an amateur bowler. He was a professional bowler who happened to not be a PBA member. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, he, he was making money. He had made his living off of bowling, you know, and... and I, I think it's kind of a shame that that has happened in bowling.
2: Even that's changed a little bit too, because now all these guys, a little tiny bit, you know? a
3: little tiny bit, but not, it's still, they classify them. Not they call it amateurs right. as opposed to professionals. Oh, absolutely. Those guys, the, most of those guys are not amateurs; they're professional bowlers.
2: But as far as like the USBC, like the the national tournaments and stuff, I, if all the years we were touring, we couldn't bowl team doubles right. and singles. And now, now they're letting these guys in. It's they, a little different, you know. It, it's, level. It's but, a little different, but they can still bowl it. They can participate. And, right. You know, I, I used to have to buy my my USBC card at the Masters every year before we bowled because we needed it to join. And right. I, I, I,
3: Some of the guys guys on tour resented it. But there's also a history to that. Some guys don't know that. There's a history to that. At one time, they used to have a classic division. Mm -hmm. And this is before I went on tour. They had a classic division that all the touring players and other top players, they would bowl a special event and then the Masters would be whatever the next week or whatever. But they they were allowed – they bowled this classic division. And then they got rid of the classic division. And what they did is they – they put lots of money into the masters and then they said, Okay, we're gonna guarantee you guys entries or whatever or give you a pri- priority, but you gotta bowl the pro ams and this and that, you know. So but it was kind of one or the other, and that's when they stopped the player, the the touring players um, from bowling um, in the national. I didn't bowl the national tournament until I don't know, four or five years ago, because I wasn't allowed.
2: Yeah, I bowled a couple before I started on tour, and my, like right. my most recent one was just a few years ago, same way. Yeah. And that and know, that's and where
1: John that's where Johnny has his Eagles from Justin. He won, I think, four or five Eagles in the classified division. Um, and right. nobody knows that about Johnny's resume. Everybody knows Johnny from bowling on tour. No. Johnny has four or five Eagles. Nobody knows
3: that. But, but at that time they had the classified division, which mm-hmm. was basically for the train players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and but they made that thing where, you know. they modified the masters they put a lot of money into their masters they took away the classified division so it was kind of a it was a benefit for the touring players you know because now they have a huge tournament to bowl in you know and then you know years go by and then now they modified it again you know so um there's been changes and stuff that it's kind of one of the big beasts that i've always had you know because it didn't make any sense that me as a professional bowler is not able to bowl for a turn in a tournament that has a lot of money in it. Yeah. That, that never made any sense sense to me. And I, I, I totally, and now they've got the, the, the tat tournament, the totally amateur tournament bowling for $20,000 first place. That is total BS. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, you want to get a total amateur tournament, you give them a trophy at the end of the tournament and you say, way to go. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> a totally amateur tournament.
1: Hey, I almost won that 10 years ago, so take it easy, bud. <laughs> All
3: right. Good for you. I got, that
1: around, I got that around at 32, but that was for a lot more money back then. It's it, I, I,
3: I, it doesn't matter. My point is you call a tournament an amateur tournament and you're bowling for that much money,
2: right?
3: It's not that makes absolutely no sense. Anymore. And that's where bowling should say, to me, same thing with handicap. If you bowl a handicap tournament, you should never win more than 600 bucks. That would take away all the sandbaggers in the world. Well, sure. not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Because there right. are some professional sandbaggers that average 160 until they get to a tournament and average 200 or mm-hmm. 220 or 230 on a house shot.
1: Good luck. Yeah.
3: Well, it, exactly. Yeah. And
1: that's that's that my
3: team. point. Right. And anybody who earns over $600 you know, should be considered a pro in a tournament. If you went over $600 in a pro, you should be considered a professional. You should be a professional if you were that much money in a tournament. That's my opinion. I'm a, I'm considered a professional golfer because I played a little bit on the celebrity golf tour and happened to be a couple, you know, actually, I actually made some money doing that happened to get on a couple of winning teams, but because I accepted money, I'm considered a professional golfer. Hmm. Not because I was a member of the PGA, but because I accepted money. You, you took money the check. Yeah. Wow. And I could not, I couldn't play in amateur tournaments. If I wanted to go play amateur golf tournaments, I would have to go petition. And I, I don't play golf like I used to, and I don't play near as much. But if I wanted to go play in the local, you know, um, state tournament or whatever it is in golf, I would have to petition them to, to, to get my amateur status back, which I'm sure they would do because I'm really not that good anymore. Um, but, <laughs> and not that I was super good. I was down to one handicap at one time. But that's not, that's not comparable to a PGA player.
1: You know? It's not it's Tiger more. Woods. Exactly.
3: Not, not even close. Tiger Woods is so much better than that. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it, it's people that don't play those kinds of sports don't understand it. I mean, they say, "Oh, you're you're one handicap." Oh, you're really, really good. And I'm like, well, I'm really good. I was, but compared to a tour player who is a minus eight or plus eight or plus nine, that's how much difference there is. And not to mention the the courses they're playing are way tougher than the course I played, which was a decent course, but you know. It's not like in bowling where I'm playing a par three course and I'm and I think I'm really, really good.
2: <laughs> my, my first it's year on tour, to my very first year on tour, I room with Jim Stefanich. And oh um, wow, yeah. he, that was pretty incredible. Uh, two reasons, because he's a great player on tour and he was an incredible golfer. And we pretty much would go in between blocks and hit buckets of balls. <laughs> In between the 16 blocks that we bowled so it was great for my golf game and oh, I, yes, sir, I, I learned a lot of bowling too but I mean it, but listening to the stories of him all he was doing was I mean he was in his mid-40s when when I went on tour and we roomed together for a little bit and all he was doing is he was just bowling tour until he could get out and try to play the senior tour and you know after he had played a few tournaments it, it he would come back and say it's amazing how, the different level that they're at and and that's the same feeling that I had when I got to the bowling tour and yeah. it's just yeah. all relative, you know.
3: Exactly. And that's why I say the players on tour don't get enough credit. The The guys who are <laughs> who are good enough to have been at that level and compete at that level probably don't give themselves they they'll have big egos. Trust me. But I still even think that they don't give themselves enough credit that they don't realize how good they were to be on tour.
2: Mm hmm.
1: To the top you of their could craft. Be a successful
3: tour player. I mean, it's yeah. to, to make money in any kind of professional sport is ridiculously tough. I agree. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter what the sport is; it's tough. And it, and and e- as easy as any sport seems to be, I, I got a good friend, or, or at least he was. I played horseshoes against him, and he was a really good horseshoe player. But he wasn't top. He wasn't top 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 level, but he was a top player. He's now one of the top players playing cornhole, and everybody, oh, that game's so easy. Go out and play it sometime <laughs> against one of these guys. I met, I, I talked I to him a couple years ago. He, when the pandemic just started, he was in Las Vegas the same time we were there when it, when everything shut down, when the tour shut down. We were there. He was there doing exhibitions, and he played. He was like playing anybody who would want to play him. That was what he was doing. Two hundred and fifty matches, never lost a match. Wow. Man. Yeah, and that's, and that's what people don't understand. People that are really good at something are really good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm really good at horseshoes. I used to be really, 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 really good. Now I'm just really good. So I really suck. <laughs> you know, and, and the same thing goes with my bowling. I'm still pretty good at bowling, but I used to be really, really good. You know, and it's, it, it's relative, but it, it, bowling's also because the conditions are so influenced in bowling mm-hmm you know, but a, a sport like horseshoes and cornhole it's the conditions are really not there. It, it's, it's just amazing how even a simple game like cornhole, you think, Oh, pff, nothing, nothing to it. You know, you got to go out and play even as it, simple as it is. You still got to be really, 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 really good at it. Yeah. You know?
1: Guys. Awesome conversation. And we thank you very, very much for it. We could go on, but we're going to wrap this one up here. We kept you guys long enough.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Absolutely. But, can, can we lobby to get Jaros in the Hall of Fame, Justin? Can we, like, start, like, a hashtag I or something? So. Let's get Jaros in the Hall,
3: please. I'm on board. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
2: do, do, your, do your
3: Facebook promotion thing. Yeah? Right. There you go. It, you know what? You make enough noise, sometimes people listen.
1: <laughs> you're, you're right. And Justin's the king of social media. So, Justin, get on that Jaros in the Hall, please. <laughs> get the, get well, him right. where well, the got I think you got to be careful about saying specific players.
3: But True. I think yeah. definitely having, you know, Look at some of the other options and stuff, you know, and, with, and that's what qualifications. we qualifications,
1: and that's what we tried to present in these two episodes that we had was just open the eyes of everybody that's out there and just say, Hey, look, there are guys that are right there that may not have the 10 titles, but if you look at their careers as a, as a whole, with as a professional bowler, they've done more than enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Steve's the perfect example. Ryan's another one. And Hugh Miller, you know, these guys deserve their place in the Hall of Fame. as We 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 believe that, Justin. I know Justin yeah. and I both are on the same page with that. Yeah. So, guys. Well, since
3: Steve couldn't beat me on for a national title, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> but matches I do are, know, Matches that do weren't for me, the title. You beat but... me at, the, at Miller Park, though. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. The first game. <laughs> I almost had to shoot 300 to do it. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, you always had to bowl three hundred to beat this guy. it Seems like
3: I only, I only had three bowled at me on TV, so.
1: And that's yeah. a record still, I believe, right?
3: I think no, Parker's got three also. Well, does he really? Mm-hmm. And Justin,
1: then we, you never told me that one.
3: And then, well, I and then. Uh, that. How could you not know that about your own dad? And, <laughs> right? and, and we both have a fourth bowl at me, but it wasn't on. It wasn't for a. a it wasn't on a tour tournament. It was for one of the special. It was the King of the Hill when Wes Malott did it against oh, yeah. each of us. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and and I had a two ninety nine shot at me by a guy who only made one TV show. Is that Brian? The Brian? Is Brian oh. Albert? Brian, Brian Davis. Brian, Brian Davis. Brian Davis. Yeah. Brian Davis. Wow. Yeah, and, so, that was in my, and that was in my really good streak. I went win, second win, and the second was to him shooting 268 or 267. He shot 299.
1: So that's when Walter Ray was really, 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 really good, I as was, he said earlier. That was,
3: right. was decent then, yeah. So the 300 <laughs> the shot at you was Johnny. <laughs> He's in the crush sharp So
1: was it, was, it, was it Johnny? Johnny shot 300 at you.
3: Yes. Norm? Norm had one. Steve Hoskins. And Steve and Hoskins, Hoskins was the other one.
1: Steve. And – no, and there was a 299. Uh, you just said that one, yeah. And then, yes. and you've had two only had, 299s I had, on TV or I had one? one 299 and, and
3: one or two 289s. I had the front 10 the 42nd title, which was against Pete in Japan. I had the front mm-hmm. 10 against them and smashed a seven, yeah. I remember, I was that. like, oh no, man, <laughs>
1: well, I know, I know somebody on the left side of the screen got the job done on uh, on TV with 300, yeah,
3: they did. yeah, he might have the. Well, no, I well, guess Doherty might have now beat you. Well, be, he did. I, I did
1: have the highest and lowest, which was
2: kind of cool. But <laughs> My phone was blowing players. up that whole match when he was shooting hundred. I'm like, come on, guys! But it, <laughs> it was uh, it actually was kind of a cool thing to say. But now I just one of the many that had three hundred. <laughs> that's that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, it was in Chattanooga wasn't it? It was, and it all and it didn't get on air when it was supposed to because they almost right. lost. The, they did lose, and they didn't lose the tape, but there was an issue with production. So yeah. it, it did it did make it to air, um, like three weeks later at like two in the morning without any advance notice, um, but that um, that show did make it through like ESPN Classic and a lot of people had seen it since. But it yeah. was, uh,
3: yeah, it was and it was, it was big because there was bonuses involved in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: it was, you, and yeah. Justin they took I care said, of it
1: though.
2: Yeah, I think I yeah. think yeah. that was, was on good. that show too, Justin. It was, I yeah, he beat him right. Uh, sadly, I, yeah, I did beat him for the title, so. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> he didn't we won a so couple other time, times. <laughs> yeah, a few.
0: All righty, guys. Well, I think that's gonna wrap this one up. Uh, some great conversations about regional players in the Hall of Fame, uh, the point and, system, the, the whole nine yards and bowling in bowling like in general.
1: It. It was a good talk with a lot of topics tonight. Yeah, yeah,
0: and on on top of everything else we talked about. So, thank Walter Ray Williams you, Jr. and Steve Jaros for joining us tonight. And uh, guys, that's gonna wrap this one up. BuddiesProShop.com, Zone Five off, save five percent off your next order, and uh, we will see you next time, whenever that may be. Thanks, Thanks. thank you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Bone and Zano Zone podcast, presented by BuddiesProShop.com. If you want to see more, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Bone and Zano Zone, or on YouTube as well. As for now, I'm Justin Bone my partner Mike Valenzano, and we hope to see you all on the next episode of the Bone and Zano Zone.